On the line with us today, Ken Aletta, that is the author of Hollywood Ending, Harvey Weinstein and the Culture of Silence. You know, Ken, I know this isn't your first rodeo, you 13 books, and I love the titles. It, it almost chronicles our culture. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Three Blind Mice, How the TV Networks Lost Their Way, Greed and Glory on Wall Street, The Fall of the House of Layman, and Googled. The, ear, the end of the world as we know it. That, I mean, that's our world right there. You chronicled it. <laughs> and now we have Harvey. Uh, what, uh, what did you think when you interviewed, when you did the story, 2002? That's 20 years ago. Right. Uh, you, New Yorker, you're doing a story. What, what did you heard and what did you thought when you were doing that? Well, I, I, some, I spent a lot of time with him and with his people in writing. It was a 20,000-word profile. Right. And it was one he didn't like because it portrayed him as not just talented. It was called Beauty and the Beast. So the beauty was talent and the wonderful movies he, he produced or distributed. But, right. but, the, but the beast was his beastly behavior to people who work with him and with the Hollywood community, yelling all the time, always in negotiations, there can only be one winner, me, and you have to lose. And he was just an unpleasant person and they portrayed him that way. But I also had heard rumors of, of something that happened at the Venice Film Festival in 1998 with two women and Harvey had allegedly raped one of them. Rowena Chu was her name. And the other woman was, was Elder Perkins who ran his London office. I track, tried to track the woman down to confirm this was true. Um, Zelda, I tracked down to Guatemala where she was raising horses and she refused to talk to me and hung up. Rowena, I could not find, she was somewhere in, in Asia. Um, I confronted Harvey Weinstein in our last interview, just the two of us alone in his, in his conference room at his office. And I said, Harvey, tell me about Rowena Chu and Zelda Perkins and what you did. And at that point, he stood up and stood over me, which again, just the two of us in the small conference room. And he, he's clenched his fists and his lip was trembling. And he says, if you write that story, it will destroy my marriage and, and, and harm my three young daughters. They were all teenagers at the time. I thought he was going to take a poke at me. So sure. I stood up to face him. We were face to face now. And as soon as I stood up, what did Harvey do? He started to cry. And I don't mean a tear rolling down his cheek. I mean wailing, just crying. You're going to ruin my marriage. It's, it's terrible. This is a consensual affair. And, and, and they were threatening to blackmail me if I broke off my relations with Rowena, et cetera. And since, so the New Yorker was then faced this dilemma. We, we heard this story. Harvey denies it. And we had no one claiming Confirm it. On yeah. the record. So we said, we're not the National Enquirer. The editor, David Remnick, said, and I agree with him. And so we couldn't publish that story. But I knew, I believed it was true. And, and, and actually, then in 2015, he was exposed for the first time in the press for grabbing the breasts of an Italian model. Police apprehended him. He got away with that. And then two, in the fall of 2017, first the New York Times, and then a week later, Ronan Farrow in The New Yorker got women to go on the record as I couldn't in, in 2002 and, and claim that Harvey physically abused them. And, and then over a hundred women came out and said, Harvey physically abused me. He talking was talking. Talking with Ken Oletta about Hollywood ending the, the Harvey Weinstein story. And you, you mentioned Ken, he did great things. He and his brother, Bob 
a tremendous array of films, uh, wonderful reputation. People wanted to work for him. Uh, there was a positive side, as you said, Beauty and the Beast. But uh, but boy, uh, what a come down. No, it, great come down. You think of the movies, the galaxy of movies, Pulp Fiction, Crying Game, My Left Foot, Sex Lives and Videotape. I mean, just Shakespeare in Love. I mean, he won 81 Academy Awards. I mean, he, he Harvey was, was a force of nature. And if you were a serious actor, actress, or director, you wanted to work for me, uh, do a movie for Miramax, because you know it was a serious movie. It was not a sequel movie, a, a big bang movie, action, adventure. And, and so he had great, he was a magnet for talent in Hollywood. And he had talent himself. He knew how to promote movies. He knew how to read a script and, and, and decide whether it was good or not. You know, it, and, and it's a tragedy. I mean, this guy was this force of nature who did, it was a pioneer in the independent movie business. Um, is is in a prison cell in a wheelchair. Wow! And we're talking with Ken Oletta about uh, Harvey Weinstein, and and you know one of the things I'm thinking is, and and your book brings it out, the book uh, Hollywood Ending. Uh, you know, for a long time he was uh, funded by Disney. Uh, he got big funding, and of course he, right. he according to the the story you, you write, uh, he fought you know the the constraints on him by Disney, and and yet. He, he, they worked together, kind of the odd couple, right? Disney uh, acquired Miramax in 1993 and was its corporate parent until 2005. When, when Disney just got so tired of dealing with Harvey, Harvey had, was supposed to spend not more than $30 million on a movie, but of course he, he was spending over $100,000 on some movies, including Gangs of New York by Martin Scorsese. Yeah. And, and Michael Eisner, then the CEO of Disney, said, I can't deal with this this person anymore. And they basically divorced Harvey and Merrimack. Wow. But, but he had a, a run there where he had, uh, he was flush with money, Disney's money. And he was, he was producing amazing amounts of movies and, and many of them very good movies. Ken, is there any estimate in what was spent? I know this would have to be a ballpark to silence his accusers for so long, because you were mentioning he dodged the bullet over and over and over again. Um, he spent a fortune on that. Yeah, he did. I mean, just Amber, the, the Italian model in 2015, she got a million dollars for a non-disclosure agreement. The two women from, from uh, Making Shakespeare in Love in 1998, Venice Film Festival, got a total of $500,000. He His lawyer acknowledged that Harvey uh, at least signed at least a dozen and probably more non-disclosure agreements. So it's a fair amount of money. But on the other hand, Harvey made a couple hundred million dollars. So right. it, in a way, it was chump chains. One of the things <laughs> you learn, uh, I, I couldn't understand why when I was reporting this story in The New Yorker, why I couldn't find when I went to the courts in New York and the courts in London, I could find no evidence of me, these non-disclosure agreements. And then, then I realized what Harvey did. What he did was, as soon as a woman brought claims against him, he sent his lawyer to meet them and said, if you sign this non-disclosure agreement, we'll give you X dollars here. And by the way, you don't get a copy of the non-disclosure agreement and we keep it in our law office. So it never gets to the court. And there's uh, Harvey, if you're willing to pay the money up front as he was, it never got, it never got to be a public document. He mm -hmm. kept it a private document. Mm -hmm. And that's why I could never find it and, and evidence of what he was doing to these women. I think we know the villain 
Who are some of the heroes in your story? Well, I'll tell you, there are a couple that, that, that really leap out at me. Zelda Perkins, the, the, uh, who ran his London office in 98 in that period of time, and actually was the one who, put, who, who bolstered Rowena Chu to bring the charges. She was the first person to break her non-disclosure agreement. Even though she signed one in 98, she, she broke that agreement and, and has actually campaigned and spoken, testified before parliament in England against non-disclosure agreements. She's a hero. She was unafraid of Harvey and she dared to fight him. Another is Lance Murrow, who was the lead independent director of the Weinstein Company, which was the company that followed Merrimax starting in 2002, I'm sorry, 2005, and then going bust in 2017. Merrill challenged Harvey. Harvey went crazy about this guy. And I have in the book, I have uh, I have transcripts of, of what happened at board meetings. Merrill challenging Harvey and Harvey screaming. You can't do that. And Merrill would say to him, Harvey, this is a company. You can't <laughs> behave this way. You know, I want to see your personnel records because he was convinced that the personnel records would show that Harvey was, was hiding payments, non-disclosure agreement payments to women. So he's a hero too. He, he dared to fight as Zelda Perkins did, Harvey Weinstein. And, and I think, Ken, I think the, the picture we're getting is that was not easy because, you know, you, you, you would have said, okay, this guy's got a reputation. He's, he's a mean guy. He's, he's an ogre, but he always seemed to get away with it. And, and if, if that's the case, then you'd be hard pressed to say, hey, how am I going to do against this guy? A, Harvey believed that the key to power was fear. People had to fear you. And, and people did fear him. And they knew that he had friends in the press. He could, he could plant stories, negative stories about you. He could attack you, he could sue you, and he would have more money and resources to challenge you in court than you would have. Um, he was just a fearsome guy. He had political friends who he supported, both in the White House and in, in state and city capitals. So Harvey was a guy that, that people feared, and he relished that. Yeah. Uh, what about Brother Bob? Because he kind of lies in the, in the shadow a little bit, although you, you have a lot about Bob in your book. Uh, you know, what is he doing now, and how, how did he fare through this whole business well, Bob, with Harvey? Bob and Harvey shared a bedroom in Flushing, Queens growing up. They were equal business partners for years. They were best friends for years. In the end, Bob uh, turned on Harvey and, and, and cast the vote that actually allowed the board to fire him in, in 2017 after he was exposed. Bob at initially, even though in many ways he was more successful producer than Harvey was, his dimension movies, scary movie, et cetera, were real major money makers. And, but no one wanted to deal with a Weinstein. Harvey's, mm -hmm. it was a scarlet letter. And now he's, he's actually doing more things and, and, and there's some signs of a potential comeback for Bob Weinstein. But uh, he went through a really fallow period um, for years. And, and even though Harvey was in prison in, in a curious way, Bob was imprisoned as well. Sure. Um, what what lies ahead for Harvey Weinstein? Jail. Uh, he's in. He's he's serving a twenty three year sentence in New York State. He he's been transferred to the hospital ward of prison in Los Angeles, where he goes on trial this October. 
he, he, he also faced a potential trial in London. So if he's convicted in LA, or if he's not, he will come back to New York in any case to finish his 23 year sentence in New York. And, and if he's convicted in LA, he will then be transferred from New York after his sentence, if he lives that long. Wow. Um, LA where he would serve time and then potentially to London if he's if he's found guilty if there's a trial there so Harvey is he's in a wheelchair he has stenosis he's blind in one eye he has high blood pressure he has terrible diabetes high cholesterol takes 20 pills a day um, he's he physically in bad shape yeah uh, we're talking with Ken Oletta the author of Hollywood Ending a book about Harvey Weinstein and the culture of silence that culture of silence though seems to have erupted i don't know if it was the weinstein uh going public but as you mentioned in the book lots of other prominent people were cited for misbehavior if that's the kind word to use um so was that a was that kind of a a trigger or, or what, what how do you look at that harvey was a trigger harvey basically helped christian um the the Me Too movement. I mean, yeah. he, he gave it great impetus, and and many men were exposed in the media in Hollywood and in, in Wall Street elsewhere in in chefs' kitchens as as, as abusers of women. Few of them as serious, right? Abuser as as was Harvey, but nevertheless, it, it Harvey is credit to Harvey uh, for helping you know instigate. The movement now inevitably there will be excesses i mean when when, when i hear people in me too say you have to believe women as a slogan well if you tell me as a journalist i have to believe what what a politician says or what a mayor says or what a hollywood executive says i would say no no i have to listen to them don't tell me i have to believe them uh, <laughs> yeah. without without doing due diligence and reporting and so there are inevitable excesses, but the movement has been a, a very positive movement and, and hopefully will have long-term effects. Thank you, Ken. We're talking with Ken Oletta, the author of Hollywood Ending, ha Harvey Weinstein and the Culture of Silence. Thank you so much for your time today, Ken. Thanks, thanks for having me.